And welcome to this new edition of the Counter Trade Podcast. Your host, John Johnson, here for this week. Uh, we'll keep this one rather short and sweet this week because a lot of the conversation, obviously, is going to surround the Redskins and Trent Williams. Wins and losses at this point don't matter, though the Redskins continue to pile up the losses, not even just on the field, but in the media. And obviously, this Trent Williams news is taking different twists and turns each and every uh, week uh, dating back to this offseason when we were discussing how Trent wanted no part of being here in D.C. And on Thursday, Trent meeting with the media, and he basically let the Redskins have it. So let's get into it. Yeah, Trent basically saying that the Redskins not only mismanaged uh, the situation with his uh, parent cyst at the time, which turned out to be a cancerous tumor, and by no means is this something that uh, is a laughing matter or something that Trent should not have been concerned or angry about. The Redskins for over six years, according to Williams, mismanaged that situation and he was weeks away from that tumor potentially reaching his brain. Uh, yeah, I can understand why Trent would be extremely disappointed with the Redskins organization and completely disappointed with the organization as a whole. The Skins totally mismanaged this. They totally mismanaged the situation with Trent and to have medical personnel um, on the chopping block and finally getting the details about it you can understand why Williams was so upset with the organization also interestingly enough what Trent uh, said was that he told the organization back in minicamp uh, about the, what was going on and why he wanted no part of being with the team and here we go again Bruce Allen and the organization mismanaging the situation dragging things out Williams said he wanted no part of playing with the team and then come this week embarrasses them in front of the in front of the media in their own building uh, I don't understand how an organization can continue to get dragged um, in this way, in this manner, year in, year out, week in, week out. And it just seems like nothing ever changes. And this situation is just so bad. It looks horrible. Now, there are conflicting reports. Um, the Redskins telling some reporters that they did, in fact, visit Trent. Trent made a case that no one visited him in the hospital. Um, while he was uh, under surgery for those uh, the weeks uh, in the uh, in Chicago, it was two weeks in Chicago where he was getting treatment, and no one from the organization visited him outside of D'Angelo Hall. Uh, the Redskins organization uh, leaking out some information and saying, "Yeah, Larry Hess, um, the head athletic trainer uh, and medical personnel, he was there for some some time to visit Trent." Um, they also said they sent a car out there, so there's some click conflicting reports, but you know, how much of that is just the Redskins trying to save face? I mean, we've seen them before tear down some of their own, Scott McLuhan being the most recent one you can think about, where essentially they, in order to get out of their his contract and fire him, they made up some stuff about him and the organization, uh, or his relationship with the organization. So how much do you take of that? How much did Trent not see? Um, did Larry Hess even go in? Or, or did Trent um, not want to see him because he was so angry with the organization? And, uh, I, you know, that part I don't know. And, and, and that part really, to be honest, really doesn't matter if you think about it. This was a situation where William said for six years the organization did nothing. And then he finally told them he wanted out. And, of course, the organization did nothing, sat on their hands and knees and tried to, you know, to his to his point, tried to embarrass him a little bit. I think that I think he takes it a little too far. I don't think the organization was trying to embarrass him. I think they were trying to bleed him dry to make him come back because, of course, Bruce Allen 
always is ready for a fight. Like, you know, someone knocks on his door, says, I want out. And Bruce is thinking, hmm, how can I make you feel bad about this situation instead of the other way around? And um, so Bruce tried to bleed him out. I don't think they were trying to embarrass him in terms of like saying that, you know, you're not worth any value. As Trent thought, nah, it was more like the organization was trying to recoup value that they thought they could get for him, but also bleed him dry and make him come back and play for them without the understanding that Trent was not going to come back. So that brings us back to the trade deadline, and uh, the Redskins uh, do nothing. Uh, there's no other way to put it. Uh, they continue at 1-7 to disappoint and there's no other way to put it. Uh, when you're a 1-7 football team, uh, everything is available, without question, without without hesitation. Everything is available. Uh, Ryan, they, At the last second, they put Ryan Kerrigan on the block. They put Trent on the block. They're willing to move their quarterbacks. They're willing to move, um, you know, Josh Norman and other pieces, you know. I just don't understand why they waited until the last minute. When you're a one in five, one and four, everything now becomes on the table. Let's be honest. It's a 16 game season. It's a 16 game regular season. When you fall to one and four, your chances of making the playoffs are slim. You'd have to go on a run of unbelievable proportion down the stretch, which let's be frank, the Redskins had no chance of actually doing that after they fired Jay Gruden. This team was basically just trying to keep their heads above water without drowning and clearly that did not work. They already have drowned. But now at one in seven, at one in six, two weeks ago, they should have been on the phones trying to work some deals and pull some, you know, pull the trigger on something. Listen, I know Kerrigan's been a very good player here in DC for a long time, but he carries value. When you're a team that's so far away, and newsflash to Bruce, you are so far away. Not this BS, we're close. This team's not close. you know. And I take some flack for that because if you want to go back and you want to do old, to- uh, old takes exposed on me, we can do that. I thought this team was going to be far better than they were. I thought defensively this team was going to be really good. And for the first four or five weeks of that, that was not the case. This team was awful. Absolutely dreadful on the defensive side of the football, especially in the second half where they couldn't close out games. Now, they've been better of recent in weeks, and yeah, whatever. That doesn't really mean a whole lot to me. It is kind of what it is. Um, and you can blame some of that on the offense not being able to stay on, uh, stay on the field in the first couple of weeks. Again, whatever. That is what it is. The defense didn't make enough plays in the first several weeks of the season, especially when the Redskins were scoring somewhere in the neighborhood of 25 points. Yeah, you got to do a better job and come away with some wins. When they were up 14 or so against Philadelphia, that's a game you got to win early on in the regular season. Be that as it may, here we are through week eight, and the Skins made no moves at a 1-7 football team, and that's the problem. Washington continues to live in this disillusional world that they're anywhere close to being a competitive football team and that there any chance of making the playoffs like this team's gonna run off eight wins in a row here down the stretch to finish nine and seven please i have a better chance of growing wings and flying out of this area and landing in mexico tonight than they do of running off eight straight wins it's just not going to happen so to wait until the last possible second to try to make a move was boneheaded and you know what Kudos to other teams to basically holding the Redskins' feet to the fire and then saying, mm, nah, we're not making any deals with you because we called you a couple weeks ago and your dumbass GM decided not to do anything. And that's what Bruce Allen is, a dumbass. I don't care what you want to say, and 
hey, look, apologies if you don't like the language there, but he's an idiot and a moron wrapped in a burrito case. This makes no sense. The Redskins totally mismanaged this down the stretch, and now they're looking at, okay, we've got Trent, who we possibly will deal in the offseason, but we're not going to get first-round pick value because why would I offer you a first-round pick? The guys basically said, I'm not going to play for you. You're going to get what you can get. And they were being offered a first-round pick months ago. Cleveland offered them a first. The Redskins said no. All the while knowing, Trent said, I'm not coming back. You, you're you a moron. Like, there's no other way to put it, but you are a moron for not doing that. And look, what they did in turn is they made Trent Williams public enemy number one in D.C. They made him look selfish, and they turned the fan base against him for not showing up prior to when Trent came out with the official news that they had mismanaged his medical situation, which then made people go, yeah, that seems about right, and that explains why he's not here. But still, a guy who's deserving as anyone of having his name in the ring of honor for months was being dragged, not only through the media, but by fan uh, by the fan bases, they had turned their back on him because he felt they felt as though he had turned his back on them. And really, what's ended up happening, or what has happened, is that Bruce Allen has turned his back on this fan base. There's no other way to put it. He's he's in it just for himself. He ain't in this to win. He's only in this to pick a fight and make sure he wins the fight. And it's really up to the organiz- the fan base to keep the fight and put on more steam against him. But back to the trade deadline, the Redskins make no moves. It would have been interesting, and I'm not sure, listen, Josh Norman's not going to get you anything um, but maybe a bag of peanuts, but really in turn just, just salary dump them and get those bag of peanuts because see what you have in some of the younger players. Um, let Fabian Moreau and um, Jimmy Moreland take on some more expo- uh, more of a uh, larger role within the team and kind of see what you have there. You know, accumulate draft picks. I would have put Quentin Dunbar on the trade block. Not that I don't think he's a good player, and not that I don't think he's actually um, worthy of keeping, but he's actually got some significant, some decent value. Maybe you flip him. He can't stay on the field healthy, but at least it's something where you can build towards the future. Ryan Kerrigan probably could have netted you at a second round pick, I would think, at the minimum. Uh, he's been a good player for a long time. He's getting up there, getting a little older. Uh, he's in his. 30s, I believe now at this point, not having actually looked at his age in front of me, uh, that could have been something where you, at this point, it's about stockpiling picks. It's about taking what you have as your core. The only group of players that are worth keeping is your front line right now on the defensive side of the ball. Your Paynes, your Allens, and your Ionitis. That's it. Everyone else, fair game. Everyone else, on the block. Everyone else, give me the draft picks because at this point, this team is so far away from winning, there's no point in holding on. Finally, we wrap up this week's edition of the Counter Trade Podcast. And, you know, we were just talking about the draft picks and the trades and the talk about Dwayne Haskins. And I still stand in the corner of he's not ready to play. I don't want to rush him out there yet. Give him some time. There's no sense in rushing him out there. I'm still in that corner, and I'll stay in that corner. But the thing that I keep thinking about, and the thing that has me most interested, is does the organization regret taking him at 15? And the reason why I bring this up, and this is no knock on Dwayne Haskins, because I think he's going to be a good football player. Uh, He needs time. He's raw. He's only started 
one year in college at Ohio State after sitting for a while. He's going to need time to develop. And there's some talk that he's not understanding the playbook and um, that he's a little bit behind. He's not seeing the defenses. The game's moving too fast for him. Some of that I can believe. Some of that I think is a little bit made up um, to make it look like there's a reason why he's not playing. I'm sure there are intricacies of the playbook he's not fully understanding yet. And let's be honest it's it's a lot to throw he's had a uh he's gone from jay gruden to kevin o'connell now this is his first time really having to deal with changing of a playbook at ohio state he was sat in the same playbook for what three years before getting his opportunity to be the starting quarterback so i can understand where he's a little bit behind i can understand where the game is moving quickly for him considering the fact he only played a little bit in the preseason uh he's still learning the playbook and regular season football is a lot different. Oh, by the way, the cast around him isn't very good, minus a handful of players like Scary Terry. So I can understand where there are some things about Haskins where he's behind, which is part of the reason why I wouldn't start him right away. But that brings me to the point where the organization is now. Do we think, or do you think the organization regrets taking him at 15? Being that hindsight 2020, here we are at one and seven, you're, it's a race to the bottom. You're probably going to have a top five pick. And the quarterback draft class coming into this year is really, really good. Like, if we had a chance to look at the 2020 hindsight, do you go offensive line, especially knowing the fact that Trent already had told the organization, yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm not going to be here. Or at least it was insinuated or you had some semblance of understanding that he was pissed off with you. Maybe you draft offensive line there instead of taking Haskins at 15, also knowing that I've got a bridge at quarterback with Case Keenum. I could have taken a late fourth rounder on a quarterback. And next year, if we're terrible, which would have been this year, we can always get a quarterback like Justin Herbert, who is further along in the development process than Dwayne Haskins, who can step right in and be your quarterback. That's one thing that I've been thinking about for a couple weeks now is does the organization regret taking Haskins? Personally, I don't. I think Dwayne's a good player, and I think he's going to be a very good player if he's brought along properly, if he's surrounded by the right people, if he's surrounded in an organization who's willing to invest in him in his development and build the team around him. That requires a lot of patience and it requires making the proper hire, which let's be real. Do we trust Bruce Allen to make the right hire? This is also that these are the people that said Jim Zorn will be our offensive coordinator. And then three weeks later, you're now our head coach. I'm not sure I trust this organization. This is also the organization that hamstrung Mike Shanahan, uh, had Kyle Shanahan in the building. And I hate these comparisons that you'll see on ESPN where you're like, oh, the Redskins had uh, Kyle Shanahan in the, in the building, Sean McVay in the building, um, the Bengals head coach in, in the building. Yeah, so what? Like at the time, let's be frank, they, no one actually knew maybe they were going to be good head coaches. I mean, and, and you had a head coach in place. So, yeah, let's just can the head coach because we got an up-and-comer we think who can be really good. Probably not the right idea. So I hate those comparisons that it's like, yeah, they never the Redskins aren't winning, but guess who they used to have in the building? And all these teams are having success while the Redskins continue to flounder. Yeah, well, part of that is Bruce Allen, but the other thing is nobody really knew. But to the main point, does the organization regret having Dwayne at quarterback? 
I don't know. I think there probably are some people in the building that are now looking at it where one in seven, the kids' development is further behind. We've seen other teams turn to rookie quarterbacks, Cincinnati being one of them, turning to Finley. Maybe they are wondering what could have been. Maybe they're saying we should have addressed other areas of needs, maybe cornerback, where then they could have cut Josh Norman in the offseason and saved some money and then had some opportunities maybe to address that position um, this offseason. Maybe they're thinking we could have taken an offensive lineman at 15. You can usually find a decent tackle or a guard at that point and then spent some money elsewhere instead of spending money on the guard position in free agency instead of bringing in um, you know, various stopgap players along the way like Foster. Um, those are questions that I think the organization has. Maybe they address middle linebacker. Though they, I do think they've hit on Cole, Cole Holcomb. Uh, instead of addressing it with John Bostic um, and then also losing Reuben Foster, maybe they could have addressed it with another inside linebacker who was young. Maybe they could have addressed it at safety instead of giving Landon Collins the money that they did. These are all things I think that are going on in the organization. It's also part of the reason why I think we're hearing leaks and um, so a little bit of, and I, and I, for lack of a better term, some slander on Haskins and his development. I think there is a rush within and around this fan base for something to cling on to, um, something to have some hope on. And a lot of us were hoping that hope and that, that stuff to cling to was Dwayne Haskins. But I've said it from the very beginning. While I think the kid is the franchise quarterback, while I think the kid can develop to be a very good quarterback here for a long, long time, I think it was a lot to ask of him to be ready. Here we are headed into week nine of the NFL season because he just wasn't going to be ready. He's shown flashes of this is who he can be. He can throw a terrific deep ball. He can thread the needle when need be. But we've also seen the inexperience of him, the rawness of him where he throws in a double coverage. He drops his elbow and the ball sails on him for an interception. His footwork fails him because he's gotten away with it in the past, whereas in the NFL game, you can't really do that. The game is just too quick for him right now, and things are moving at a pace that he's just not accustomed to seeing. And this fan base has had so much to want. They've had so much to want to do well. They've had so much of just misery and heartache for the last several years taking away that one playoff appearance with Gruden against Green Bay at home that it's just it was asking too much of this kid to be ready at this point I do blame the coaching staff for not having uh, expedited his his learning curve by getting him involved a little bit more not checking in on him more uh, but I think the organization, in, ter in terms of the coaching staff, was so concerned without about ruining him by throwing him in early that they wanted to sit him. And now that we're at a situation at one and seven, which I don't think many people expected this to, this season to be at, rushing him in is now the only thing standing in front of them and I just think the organization is in a bad spot I think there's a lot of pressure around Haskins the kid wants to do really well the kid wants to be great it's very obvious it's just not time for him yet and I'm still in the corner saying give him some time 
Don't rush him out there. The season is already lost. It's already over. This needs to be a project at this point for the Redskins. What can we be in two, three seasons now? I can find out what I have in Haskins next year if I want. And if I don't think he's going to be any good, we're not going to be any good anyway. And guess what? I'm headed into the draft, and I'll then take a quarterback where you'll probably have uh, some other options at, at QB, including Trevor Lawrence at Clemson. So I s- still firmly say you wait, you take your time, we're taking our lumps as it is. After the bye week, if we think he's ready to go, then we bring him in. The season is already lost. What's the point in ruining this kid? What's the point in rushing things along the process if he's not ready to step on the field? That's the biggest question. Is Dwayne ready to step on the field? And currently the answer is no. We've seen this already with him on the field. It's up to the team to get him ready. But if the kid is taking his time, or if it's taking longer than expected, then we're not. it makes no sense to rush him out there. 